Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Bienvenidos, mi gente. Welcome to Mi Gente on Air, where we talk about concerns affecting the Latino community. And as we begin the show this week, I want to give a shout out to all the veterans acknowledging Veterans Day earlier this week. Last month, the Statistic Research Department published a report on veterans, and there are approximately 18.82 million in the United States. And of those 18 million, 8% to 12%, or 1.8 million, are Hispanic. So we give praise to all the veterans who have served this country, and to Rob Robinson, my producer here in the studio. Say hello, Rob. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Thank you for your service. Thank you. Well, on today's show, there is so much information out there with social media and news reports, and the internet has truly revolutionized the world. And how we get our information. How many can remember newspapers as your daily source of information? Or the big three nightly news networks, CBS, NBC, ABC? Well, those days are gone. And today I have Phil Ike, founder of Full Steam Media and Storyville Social. He's making a big difference in the Great Lakes Bay region, and he's telling the stories on social media of many of the people and places that make the Great Lakes Bay region a great place. And I want to welcome Phil to Mi Gente On Air. How are you, Phil? I'm doing great. It is awesome to be here. I know you've got a busy schedule, so thank you for being with me today here in studio. And we want to find out all about what you're doing with those profiles that we seek constantly on Facebook as well as uh, some of the other social media platforms. So how did you get started with this whole profiling? Uh, it, it's a kind of a long and winding story, but the, the short version was uh, I used to be a fifth and sixth grade teacher in Bay City. Uh, I moved to the city of Saginaw when my twin brother started his business building guitars in the city. And so I was working for him, worked for him for about three years, And uh, towards the beginning of the third year, I had this idea that um, we needed marketing in this area that was a little bit deeper than just simply advertising, buy my stuff, buy this thing. And so I I picked up my camera, started walking around Old Town Saginaw, uh, just interviewing business owners and taking photos. It was all work that I was doing for free just to simply build a portfolio. And uh, that that really laid the foundation to start uh, Full Steam Media. And about a year after that, uh, Riverfront Saginaw and the city of Saginaw, they were looking for ways to tell stories of the city uh, in a little bit more positive and a little bit uh, higher level way. Uh, I reached out to them, and that's kind of how everything got wow. started. Wow. I thought, I thought you actually began in Bay City, Mm-mm. being a Bay City native, and then coming over here to Saginaw. No, I would I would go to work for my brother, and after work, I would take my camera and walk around Old Town. The, v- the very first business I did a story on was Mr. Van Chus oh, yeah. with Garrett Williams, and it took me... Uh, probably about two weeks to, to finally get up the courage to walk in there and, <laughs> and ask Garrett if I could do some work for him for free. Um, but it, uh, it changed my life. Wow, it sure did. Mm-hmm. And, and in Saginaw Old Town, I mean, that's such a great community. And I, I'm, I, that's where my business is. That's where I live. I love Saginaw Old Town. 
How do you feel about that, When you, being that you're not from the area, you came there, and what do you see? I think Old Town Saginaw is one of the most incredible places, considering if you, if you go back 10, 15, 20 years, uh, Old Town was not the, the place of vibrancy and of new businesses and enthusiasm that it is today. And it, it's really a testament, I think, to the people of Saginaw that here, here is Old Town Saginaw, all of just a few small town city blocks large, and there's such a diversity of businesses there, and the people there are just um, so fantastic. And it, to a person, I'll, I'll walk into a restaurant, for example, I'll interview them, and I'll, I'll always ask the question, what do you think about new restaurants coming in? And to a business, they will say, we love it. We need more of it. We need more. If, if right. more people come in, we all win. The city wins. And so it's this feeling of family and of collaboration and really a sense that they are there to make the city better, not just forge their own way as a business. So I, I just have uh, such a, an immense amount of love and respect for the people in, in Old Town Saginaw, Downtown Saginaw as well, that whole riverfront area. There's There's such a a momentum there and people yeah. are looking at it as a place for opportunity and it's and it's great and i i've been there now 20 25 years mm. actually in old town and i had an office in the old ipple building mm. before it burned and there was such history there and then i moved to where jake's steakhouse is today had an office in there and then paul barrera came in and um, made the steakhouse what it is and i moved uh, down the road to uh, Michigan Avenue. And I have seen Old Town where it was a little funky in the days in the 90s mm -hmm. and uh, businesses were closed and uh, the, the Carter building was closed up. And it was such a beautiful building as anyone can see now with Jake's Steakhouse. And so I've seen the evolution of Old Town. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember in the 60s, um, the Ipple building, my mm -hmm. mom and I shopping when it, uh, they were selling, she was going there to, to buy dishes for a wedding gift. And I can remember way back in the 60s. So I've seen a lot through the years, but you're right. There's a, this momentum going in Old Town. And I see it a little bit in, in the downtown area as well with SVRC and, and Valerie's downtown. Mm -hmm. and, yep. uh, and it's exciting. And I'm so happy for that because I'm a big proponent of Old Town area. I love Old Town. I think it's great to just walk around, mm -hmm. you know, in every season. And uh, I'm so glad that um, so many of the people there, uh, they're seeing results. Yeah, know? and I and I think Old Town and, and Downtown, too, they can really be models for so many other relatively small communities because I think a lot of times the impression we have is if we want – a, a great city, a, a vibrant city, a bustling city, it has to be big and it has to be huge and there has to be a lot of money and a lot of national brands. But here, I mean, even just taking Old Town, you have such an amazing place on this planet in a relatively small community. And it's just, I, I think it can be inspirational to so many other communities looking to figure out ways how to revive their downtowns or their business districts and that you don't need a lot of money. You just need passionate people with opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my discussions with some of the elderly people in the area, I was just having this discussion with one of my relatives and we talked about how actually, 
you know, the the mall, how it just just got bought up uh, by an entity. But I can remember back when the when the mall opened in, I think it was 1971 or 72, mm-hmm. and it killed downtown Saginaw. Yep. The downtown Saginaw that was so vibrant and it was, it was a wonderful place to shop and be. And, and now we're kind of seeing, of course, Amazon coming in and it's killing the malls because it's happening not only in Saginaw, but Flint, Lansing Mall. Yep. I mean, they're really all suffering. And yet, you know, you have Old Town that is is doing, uh, you know, really nicely. You got Bay City downtown; it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about the, these these evolutions, uh, momentum, if you will, of these older towns? I think it is uh, one. It's a beautiful thing because uh, these downtown areas are so critical to the the life of a city, and and that's not to say that. The suburbs or townships are less important, but if you look at cities, the the symbol of the state and the health of the city is in its downtown areas, in its in its business districts. And so, if if I drive through a city, I can get a good vibe of the city simply driving through its downtown. And so, I I love the fact that people are starting to realize that um, there are important. Uh, qualities to having a living, breathing, thriving downtown that you simply can't have when you you take all of your businesses and housing and things like that and spread them over 50 square miles. Right. That density of people, that, that fact I can walk out of my house or out of my, my office building and see people and interact with them and go into the business and buy some bread from Bread Guy or whatever it is, that's an experience that the internet can't replicate, that going to the mall can't replicate. And yeah. so it's something inherent to downtown areas that is just so so vital to the life of a city. Yeah, yeah. And in Fralia's, I, I love Fralia's. Yes, my goodness. It's right down the road from where I'm at. And I had a friend, Kathy Gutierrez, who just... Uh, purchase a commercial building down there in old town so and she's got some tenants i mean things are really still happening new business owners yeah and and you mentioned valerie's too over in downtown and she's just killing it uh the 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 food there is amazing and you see some really significant investments starting to happen in that downtown area and so look if i had a crystal ball and i had to look into the future i see a lot of that energy and vibe and momentum that's happening in old town start to spill over into downtown as people start to see hey we can be something here too oh yeah definitely well you know we mentioned about uh, newspapers, televisions earlier, and how things have changed. It's you know we're not like we were 20 years ago. And, and Mi Gente magazine actually started 26 years ago. And I think I mentioned this to you in the past about how we used to be cut and paste. And and I worked at the Saginaw News uh, at one point in I think it was around 96 when the newsroom was really an old newsroom like you would see on a movie. How do you feel? Phil, from your perspective of what you're doing today, how do you see this new social media evolution as opposed to the old way that news was presented? Um, I am I'm torn. In in one, w- w- this is the state of the world in that like we ca- we can't undo the internet, we can't undo social media, and so part of the drive to get uh, these stories out on social media is by looking at the platform and saying 80% of every community 
is connected to social media. And on average, those people spend about six and a half to seven and a half hours a day on their phones. And so on one side, that that hurts us because we have people that are disengaged at work or disengaged with their families or disengaged with their communities. But on the other side, here's this opportunity that if we do it right, we can take these stories of our local communities, these beautiful stories of success and triumph and struggle that that our neighbors have gone through, put them on social media, and now people can consume these stories and, and hear these stories and read these stories that they would never have before. Um, because what we've done is with Riverfront Saginaw, especially in City of Saginaw Facebook page two, is we publish those stories directly to the page. And so when somebody picks up their phone and they start scrolling, they can see that story. It's not behind a paywall. They don't have to buy a newspaper subscription. They don't have to go pick up a magazine. It's right there in their hand. And so that's a such an incredible opportunity because when I lived here in the city of Saginaw, I would, I would drive to work and I would drive home and I'd drive by all of these businesses. I didn't know the backstory of them. I didn't know about Brad Guy. I didn't know about Valerie. I didn't know uh, any of these things, but now I do. And that's, that's completely transformed my relationship and uh, my perception of the city of Saginaw. And I, I think that's something that we can really utilize and, and leverage in that if we use social media right in, in the way that we are trying to connect people digitally to their neighbors and to their communities in the real world, um, that can be an amazing world-changing thing. Yeah, and you're right about that. We can't stop... Um the revolution of the internet. It's here to stay and you know, it, it really did revolutionize the world. And, and and that's part of the reason why I had Phil, I invited Phil as my guest today because last week he did a profile on me, mi gente, Larry Rodarte, which by the way, thank you very much. You're um, welcome. Got a lot it's of a great feed- story. Got a lot of feedback on that. But, you know, I had mentioned when I reposted the posts from the city of Saginaw that you put on there that nobody had ever interviewed me before. And, you know, I, I thought about that, you know, after 26 years of doing Mi Gente, and it's not like I was seeking <laughs> to be interviewed, believe mm-hmm. me. But, you know, I, I had to have humility in that post as well in, in kind of what I said because um, I don't know if maybe uh, outside of the Hispanic community, very many knew my story, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, I think, that was really something that um, was amazing because the feedback that I got outside of the Hispanic community was huge, mm-hmm. you know? And although we have uh, Mi Gente on Air now, the arm of Mi Gente, the magazine, and I think that we're, we're kind of all moving in the right direction of bringing that awareness. And that's what I talked to you about was the awareness of the Hispanic community in Saginaw because we're very vibrant. We've, yes. we've contributed immensely through the years. And I think that a lot of um, those before me, what I call the giants, they didn't get the recognition, you know. And I think that had there been somebody like you out there back 20 years ago, or if we had the Internet to the extent that we have it today, those stories may have been told. And so you're doing a great service in regard to those business owners today or the, or, or the people who make up um, 
the Great Lakes Bay region because you're also doing some profiles on Bay City, right? Yeah, uh, not formally. They they don't employ me in any capacity, but uh, I feel like I need to give Bay City some love too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my question to you is why, because we're here on Mi Gente on air mm-hmm. and my listeners are, you know, usually my shows pertain strictly to uh, Hispanic Latinos and mm-hmm. our, our contribution, our culture. What made you do a profile on Larry Rodarte? I think you kind of touched on it a little bit in that, especially with the Hispanic community in Saginaw, people don't know the history. They don't know the history of the Civica. They don't know Vargas. They don't know, they don't know these things. They know that they exist. Right. But as far as like what's Bobby's story in the Mexican-American council, a lot of people don't know. And so I think in community storytelling, it's imperative that when you look at the body of work of stories that you're telling, that those are reflective of the community. And so it's important when I'm going through and I'm selecting stories that maybe not week to week, but if you can look at six months or 12 months of the work, that you can look and see the demographics are, are similar to the demographics of the city of Saginaw. Of the people, yes. Yeah, of the people. So that it almost, in a way, at the end of a 12-month cycle, you can walk away saying, I know the city of Saginaw in all of its nooks and crannies, or in some of its nooks and crannies, in a deeper way than I did before. You can never completely know a community. And of course, because I'm, I'm one person, I'm, I'm of course biased and I'm not perfect in that. But w- when you look at the Hispanic community in Saginaw, just like you said, they're such a vibrant community, just so full of passion. I had a great interview with Joe Mendez of Mm -hmm. Gideon Boxing Gym. And man, that interview just fired me up. The fact that here's Joe starting this boxing gym in literally the basement boiler room of a building. And why? Because he loves the city of Saginaw and he knows what boxing can do for the people here. And that's a story that Yes, it highlights a, a very important member of the Hispanic community, but like the feedback you got from your story, it transcends that. Mm-hmm. And it shows people beyond that immediate Hispanic community the value of the Hispanic community. And I, th- I think that's why stories like this are important. So what did you learn about the Civica that you were surprised about? The fact that it has such strong roots in fighting for civil rights the fact the tie into the first ward that was really incredible to me the the fact that that here's here's this hispanic community that says you know what it, they could have said you know what it's hard enough to fight for ourselves um, we're just going to do that, and other minorities, you can go do your own thing over there. We've got our hands full. But here's the founders of the Civica saying, our rights, if we fight for our rights, that means that we should then also fight for the rights of all of these people. And the the foresight of that and the generosity of that and the love of that was something that I did not know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people didn't know just how important it was to the state of things in Saginaw at that time. Well, you know, uh, Luis Enriquez, he was one of the founders back in 1945, and he, along with my grandfather, Joseph e. Diaz, they um, they um, helped in the development, of course, of uh, the civil rights era 
mm-hmm. at that time of the first ward and the Union Civica. They came, those buildings, uh, the organizations came together almost around the same time. And a lot of that had to do with what was going on in the gray iron plant. Mm-hmm. Because in the gray iron plant, you had, of course, a lot of uh, immigrants, migrant workers that were working there that stayed in the Saginaw area because they found employment there with the gray iron plant and General Motors. Uh, but you also had African-Americans who were hired there that were uh, part of the first ward area, and that's how the first ward area became what it was with Hispanics and African the African-American community. And they were working in those plants, and they were given the dirty jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. They were given the jobs to coal, to shovel the coal in the fires that was hazardous to their health. And so, you know, men like... Um, uh, Mr. Nickelberry, he went on to be a mayor of Saginaw, uh, Henry Nickelberry, and my grandfather, Joseph E. Diaz, you know, they were part of the Local 668 to form uh, a union to help in getting, you know, the minorities from having to just do those dirty jobs. And so it all kind of, if you look at the history of that they're not always given the credit for that. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that. And even when you when you celebrate the union for what it is today, um, the history kind of overlooks that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I've made it a point to talk with many individuals in regard to that. And I think it's important that um, it makes Saginaw and its history much more diverse in understanding and bringing that awareness and it makes it, you know, a much stronger community when you have that diversity. And, I, you know, it's, it's something that I think our whole country is going through this process. And we talk about that pendulum shift, you know, ever since George Floyd died. I've said this many times on, the, on this program. But I think, you know, it only makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some, some may not want to or they may cringe when I say that or whatever, but it does make us stronger and it helps us to understand it and we're more educated about who we are as Americans. Now, I just wrote recently a, a, an article about Christopher Columbus Day and the Indigenous Day. And I mean, that's a whole other story. We're going to do a show on that too, because that's, an, that's going back even farther mm-hmm. before the Saginaw history of Hispanics, which was the first uh, recorded Hispanic was from 1919 here in Saginaw in the Polk Directory. And so, you know, it's, it's really exciting to me to see finally after all these years that the Hispanics are kind of getting that recognition that was due. And, you know, it's um, Mi Gente. We played a part in that. And, you know, with Mi Gente on air, we're trying that as well. So I'm just, you know, I'm applauding you for including Hispanics in your profiles because that's really important. And I've seen so many African-Americans profiles as well, so I think that's great that you're doing that. Yeah, you, you, you can't do community stories like this and not. I mean, the, the, the black community, the Hispanic community, they're, they're, they're integral mm-hmm. to this, the full story of Saginaw. And so, so you need to tell those stories over and over and over and over again so that everybody can know these stories and have a deeper relationship with their city. Yes, yes. And it, it's so important because like even Kareem Bowen and his show and, and Kareem and I and Bobby, we, we met with the CEO of uh, Hemlock Semiconductor recently. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, you know make a shift over there to help them to uh, have employees that uh, are um, show that are you know showcasing uh, minorities as well to their facility and we got we've got a um, uh, a day where we're taking the young people out there to see 
possibly if they would want to work over there at Hemlock Semiconductor. So, I mean, it's all that, that collaboration, if you will, and that awareness and, you know, bringing people like you here on Mi Gente on Air and helping my community, the Hispanic community of Saginaw, as well as uh, the Great Lakes Bay region, know, uh, you know, that there's people out there that care about our stories. And that's what it is, you know. It's, it's really nice. And I was coming back from Croatia and all, you know, and then you were texting me while I was over in Croatia, mm-hmm. in Europe. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to miss this chance, you know. <laughs> but I guess my time's up here and I, I'm going to have to do this. So thank you again for that profile. You're welcome. And we could go on and on and talk about it. But we're going to go in commercial real quick and we'll be back here on Mi Gente on Air. This is Mihinta On Air on WSGW. Listening to Be Hinte on Air on WSGW. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mi Hinte. Thank you for joining us this Sunday evening. And I am very appreciative of all my listeners because I know that um, we need to bring a show like Mi Hinte on Air to celebrate our culture, our contributions, and our concerns to the greater community as well as to ourselves. And today I have Phil Ike, who is with me in the studio. And we've been talking a lot about his impact with profiles on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, I don't know if you're on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, We started off also on LinkedIn, uh, but we didn't get the level of visibility we needed and so we really just focus on facebook instagram okay so i my producer asked you a question uh when we were uh off the air about you know where were you actually from and i thought you were actually born in bay city but you're not so tell us where is phil ike actually from so i was born in elma michigan which is about uh, 45 minutes or so west uh, of Saginaw, a small little community, about 10,000 10, people or so, grew up there, uh, a- ended up going up to uh, Michigan Lutheran Seminary for high school. And so I, I went to Mich- MLS for high school. And so I spent high school here in the city of Saginaw, uh, graduated, went out to Minnesota to a teacher training college, uh, graduated there, uh, had a short stint at Central Michigan University for a bit and uh, then got a teaching job in Bay City. Wow. Isn't that funny that you were just interviewing me, and now I'm interviewing you. I didn't realize, I love it. I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, as you're going through the trajectory of you know your, yeah. your education, I'm thinking, hey, didn't, I just, didn't he just do this with me? But, um, you know, one of the things that um, is surprising um, to me is that the city of Saginaw has kind of gotten behind you in this, in regard to this, and has hired you, obviously. But you mentioned to me before about that you kind of 
uh, tinkling with other cities and all that. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that. So uh, Storyville is my, my city-focused brand. And so I, I do work similar to this um, for cities in South Carolina, Ohio, Virginia, kind of all over the place. Um, not all necessarily me telling the stories, but sometimes it's me going into the community telling uh, teaching them how to tell their own stories. And the really incredible thing to me about the city of Saginaw is that it is the only city that I've encountered up until this point with the this high level of dedication to its people and telling these stories. Um, other cities kind of dip their toe in it. Um, they, they, they do it to a certain extent. But the, the city of Saginaw really looked at its people and said, our people are our greatest asset, and so we have to tell their stories. Um, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not saying anything that that people don't know or aren't already aware of, but Saginaw has a certain reputation, um, and in order to transcend that in a way that's true to the community, if I was a marketer or advertiser that came into the city and said. We're going to have a fancy new slogan and we're going to only show the the things that rich people might like or things. Like, that's not true to the community. And so using the stories of the people to market the city is, I, I mean, Saginaw is leading the nation in that, in, in how deeply they're embracing these people that are so critical to the community. Yeah. You, you hear that, everyone? You hear that yeah. Saginaw? That, I mean, that's a plus for Saginaw, really. And, you know, I, I'm like I've said before, I'm a big proponent of Saginaw. Saginaw, awesome. You know, you hear that slogan as well. And I think it, it's, it's really amazing that we've come this far, actually, you know, and, and the city of Saginaw, you know, is, is being a little bit more uh, translucent and in 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 having you do this these profiles is it is it a one man show is it you doing it Phil or is there anybody helping you with this because you mentioned about having um, you know those other cities that you're involved with and that where do you find the time because as a journalist I know how much time is required to bring out a good story and so. What's going on there? Um, I, I work a lot. <laughs> uh, I get to the office at about 4.30 in the morning, and I leave about 5.30 p.m. Uh, I, I, have, I have, in order to do, I'm primarily a one-man one show. I've got some contractors who are great that will um, rough edit the interviews. I, I use an app that will record the interview uh, automatically transcribe it, but it needs a, a fair amount of scrubbing. And so I give it to them. They scrub it a little bit. They give me a, a kind of an, a 70% copy. And then I go through and then refine it and, and make it read mo- a little bit more like a story to put out. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very much uh, a necessity. It's very much uh, also a labor of love because it's just the the effect that these stories have had on me personally is it's been life-changing the the fact like here here i am this white kid from a farming community in elma (laughs) spending most of his time with the surrounded by the black community of saginaw or the hispanic community of saginaw and that's changed my perception of the world it's i've i've gotten to meet people that i never would have met before um it it it's changed my i Honestly, I've built Storyville on this idea of community storytelling because Saginaw took the chance on me and said, 
here, here's this kid from Bay City. We're going to take this chance because this is so important. And so per, both personally and professionally, uh, the city of Saginaw leadership, the, the citizens of the city of Saginaw, they have absolutely changed my life. And I have, I have nothing but love and thanks to them um, mm-hmm. for what they've, what they've done for me. Well, I want to really encourage my listeners um, to read these profiles. And, and where you will see them is on, on Facebook, on social media, uh, under the city of Saginaw, because mm-hmm. that's where you're primarily um, p- posting them. And then uh, Riverfront yes. Saginaw as well. And, and we've seen, you know, like even the Great Lakes Bay uh, region, the name change, because we're all trying to make Saginaw a uh, more attractive place to live for people who may want to uh, move here or have their businesses move here, invest in Saginaw. And I think that's part of all of this because, you, you know, you're really showcasing so many of, of the people and the businesses that make the Great Lakes Bay region so great. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I want to encourage my my listeners to, if they haven't seen these profiles, um, you know, search for them on the city of Saginaw and their actual uh Facebook page, and then, uh, as we mentioned, Instagram. You've got mm-hmm. some on there. And uh, is there any other platform that you're using? Uh, no, it's primarily Facebook and Instagram for the city of Saginaw government and, and Riverfront Saginaw. And kind of the layout of it is that each week we'll, we'll do a feature story. And so you can really, f- every day a new part of the story comes out, and you can really follow that story Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then there's a new story coming out the following week on both of those platforms. And so if you follow both of them you can essentially get two great stories of people in your community that are so invested and and so passionate about trying to make the city of Saginaw a better place it's awesome yeah Yeah, and you know I want to thank you too because you allowed me on my interview um, to talk about my father in Rodarty Builders Mm. Rodarty Builders but everybody here in Saginaw knew him as Rodarty Builders and they uh, started building homes in 1957, and Phil thought it was important for me to go out there and take a picture at the very first house that they built um, in Saginaw, not far, not just around the, the block from the Civica. What what did you learn, Phil, from that part of the interview with Rodarte Builders? I I think I think it's important to not forget your roots. Um, because in communities, there, there, people disagree, we fight, uh, we don't do things well, we're, we're lacking resources, we feel ignored, we don't like somebody, we don't like the government, we don't like these things. But to me, that's really becoming too caught up in the moment, yeah. in, in your immediate reaction to things. But if you, if you really have a broad understanding of who you are as a community and what the stories are and where you're from and what you've overcome to get to that point, it makes you, uh, I don't want to say a little bit easier to work with, but you have a different, deeper love and appreciation for the people around you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the, the history of the city of Saginaw, Saginaw has overcome so much. I mean, if you look back at the turn of the century, it was the place to be. The richest people in the world lived here. It was bustling because of this this lumber boom. The lumber era. And then, of course, the lumber era goes away. But then automotive era comes in to kind of save the day and, and helps kind of keep things going. But then, uh, of course, that bottom f- fell out, too. 
And there a dark period in the city of Saginaw. You look at the ni- 1972 when uh, the mall came and kind of sucked the life out of downtown at a time when malls and, and suburbs were sucking the life out of every downtown. Mm-hmm. But here is the city of Saginaw fighting still, still a beautiful place. Uh, just this amazing place of growth. And if you don't know the the history of the, of the city of Saginaw, if you don't know the people who are currently fighting for the city of Saginaw, you have a completely different perception of it. And these little things that we disagree about or we fight about or we think that are, are so devastating to our community really aren't. And And so I think it's really important to not to know these stories because it gives you a different perception as to what you're experiencing right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and the times we are living are definitely difficult. Yeah. And and I agree with you on that. I mean, I think if you know your history, and, you know, I tried to, uh, with Mijente Magazine, have tried through the years to um, tell these historical stories of the people that fell through the cracks, that didn't get recognition, or people didn't know of their stories, because I thought it was so important for people to know, but also, especially our young people. And mm-hmm. I think that if you know where you come from, and you know your your background, your ancestors, you're a stronger person. Yes. And, and, and like you said, when you, when you experience any type of uh, um, animosity or negativity, you as a person in dealing with that are stronger and better for it because of who you are and in you knowing who you are mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that it kind of all goes along with what, if what you're doing and I think that um, if people really read these profiles and they get to know some of these people in Saginaw it makes it a lot easier for them to speak well of Saginaw mm-hmm. rather than just some of, you know, some people are just like, well, I'm glad I got out of there or whatever yeah. because they left the city for whatever reason. But to me, you know, and, and I'm a world traveler. I mean, I do, I do go quite a different, a lot of different cities and everybody's pretty much the same at the heart, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they want the best for their families and, and they, they want to enjoy life and relax and, Saginaw to me is a beautiful place. Yeah, and 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 I want to extend what you said about knowing where you come from. To you have to also know who you're surrounded by. Yes. Because you know I I'm with, with the city of Saginaw government funds the city of Saginaw stories. Riverfront is funded by this amazing collective of of donors and volunteers who said we have a vested interest in seeing this city prosper. And sometimes there's this divide between, quote, citizens and, quote, government or citizens and bigger businesses in the area. And you know, people can accuse me of being biased and, and I've been called a, a circus dog and thing. I've been bought and paid for. I'm nothing but a mouthpiece. But in all of these interviews, everybody says the same things in that we they want stronger community they want to to acknowledge people they want to grow the city they want to provide opportunities for businesses and so i think if if we all just sat down at a table and we had a real conversation instead of lobbing these missiles and these volley shots on Mm -hmm. social media we would come to understand that we are all we all want similar things our our opinions about how to accomplish those things might be different but when you sit across from somebody who you you might have thought 
is your mortal enemy and you hear them say similar things to you, you walk away from that conversation uh, losing an enemy and gaining an ally because that's that's how the city of Saginaw and any community really goes forward. It's by face-to-face conversations, building those connections, building that buy-in, building enough of a critical mass of people who all want to push in the same direction. And that's what's happening in the city of Saginaw. People are starting to know each other better. And they're starting to say, hey, you know what? We've, we have the resources and we have the people and we have the passion and we have the commitment to this community community to really make this a great place. Yes. And and I and I just want to clarify too, it is already a great place. Yes. But you in all of these interviews, I can see a little sparkle in people's eye because they know what Saginaw can be and can become. Yeah, yeah. And and that's why, you know, we're you know, we we've spent the time, we've talked about old town especially. And I, you know, I I, I love the downtown. I would love to see it like it was because mm-hmm. I do, like I said, I'm old enough to remember. I was very young, but it was so busy, so vibrant, and that's where you saw everybody. And it, it was in the era and the time when that song by Petula Clark was out downtown. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom would ride in her blue Buick, and and we would be riding into downtown, and we lived in Bridgeport, and coming down Genesee, and it just was a, uh, you know, to me, and that I can remember it. Everyone always says I have a great memory, but. It was an exciting time, you know. Downtown was something else. Yeah, I, I think I think the difference in momentum is because there's a difference in scale. So with Old Town, you you've got um, spaces that I could, as a very a very small business, rent, and now my business has a new home, and so that's really accessible to me without a, a huge barrier of entry. With downtown, you're dealing with a larger scale. You've got bigger buildings. You've got bigger lots. You've got uh, more renovation and, and development that needs to be done. Um, but the bones are there. I mean, you've got the Dow Event Center. You've got the Temple. Um, you've the Castle Museum. Castle Museum. You've got Delta College. You've got uh, SVSU. You've got Central Michigan. You've got this medical corridor. And so the bones are there. And you've got these great small businesses that are that are there and and, and the dawn of a new day, you got Morgan Shoes, you got Valerie's, you've got all the businesses inside the SVRC marketplace, which again is, a, is an amazing asset. And so I th- what I'm hoping is that, that the momentum in Old Town, the investments being made in downtown start attracting some of these people that, that have more capital. But I also hope that it attracts people that have a respect and an understanding of the community of Saginaw, because while we do need greater investment and we do need more things happening, um, we do need people that can make those things with a respect to the community that's there, the culture of the city of Saginaw, um, because we, we want those investments to be a forward push rather than we've just got a big expensive building, but we didn't really gain anything as a community. So that's just my, my personal take on it. So tell me about a little bit about um, your podcasts you're doing as well, because Phil also does podcasts, and the name of the show is... 
Uh, it's a Saginaw Stories podcast. Okay. But you also have one in Bay City as well, right? Yeah, that's called Hey Bay City. And that's <laughs> that's kind of my 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 fun little side project. Yeah, and that, and that's my, that was yeah. my first introduction to Phil, listening to those, po- <laughs> those yeah. podcasts and, and, and your laughter on there. As what <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was this little conniving laugh. Yeah, that I inherited that from my dad. My dad my dad's a pastor, but he, he laughs like a devil. He's got this little, little evil yeah. chuckle. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me of the profiles or the podcasts that you have done. You know what was most surprising to you of of all the ones you have done. And I know I put you on the spot a little bit there, but I, you know, mm. it's it's really amazing the the level that you're doing this at the the number of profiles that you're doing. And so I'm wondering. I mean, because it must get monotonous and to some extent, but then there must be somebody out there that just has really surprised you and said. Wow, this is really a story. You, you know, I uh, I don't want to sidestep your question, but it, it it's hard to pick one that's the most surprising because I'm I'm almost always surprised. In that good answer, <laughs> yeah, I, I and and that's and like people can say, oh, you're just saying that, but it, it's the honest truth. Like if you sit down with any person and you talk to them long enough and human enough you are going to discover something that surprises you. Some people have a life full of surprises and it's just twists and turns and just the most incredible things. Some people, you have to talk to them for 90 straight minutes and then you hit you hit stop on the recorder and then they come out with some kind of miracle or they they start to break down crying because they start talking about their family or something that happened to them and and that that to me is the most powerful part of these stories is we think we know people but we don't and the only way that you can know people is by having conversations like this sitting down and getting to the heart of their story every person has something in their story that's beautiful or inspirational or surprising or interesting or something you would never have guessed and it all it takes is sitting down hitting record or saying you know what for the next 15 minutes 20 minutes 10 minutes whatever i'm just going to ask you some questions because i need to get to know you better yeah yeah and and that's what made um you know, when you interviewed me, I was I was taken by the fact that I had realized um, really that nobody had ever asked me the questions mm. that you were asking or that I gave me the opportunity to talk about. Mienta. Now, I've done it myself through my publication. I've, I've written on uh, milestone anniversaries of how like Mienta began or what have you. But nobody actually had asked me questions about my story, mm. and um, it felt good. I'll be honest, it felt good because I knew that we were at the table, you know, yes. that the Hispanics were at the table. We weren't just forgotten. And, you know, with my history of 26 years and then a lifetime of living here, I've seen where we, that that hasn't always been the case. Yeah, you I, know? yeah I think there, I, I, I want to say that this quote is from Oprah, who's who's a master interviewer of by herself, but but she said something like, and I I hope it's attributed to her, that that in the end everyone wants to be heard and seen. Yes, it's like food. 
like if I have somebody that pays attention to me and really listens to me, I feel like I can take over the world. You got a friend for life. You've got a friend <laughs> for life because, and, and especially in today's world where everything is moving a million miles an hour, you got hop on social media, everybody's got you just shouting at everybody else. You feel ignored. And so you just throw yourself into the fray and you hope somebody listens to you. But to actually sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, like without fail, I'll take off my headphones and throw my arms up in the air because it's just, it's such an immense rush to have that, that moment of, of deep interaction with another human being. And I will say too, this is also my first interview. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, uh, we're trading places. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's surprising for me to hear that because, um, you just recently received an award. I did. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that uh, that was through uh, that's a regional chamber of commerce award, and and that's awarded to people that uh, have uh, or are doing work regionally, are embracing the region, are embracing our communities, and things like that. And so I, I was, I was very thankful to receive that award and and get that kind of an acknowledgement. But but again, none of this work, I this work that I'm doing right now would exist if the city of Saginaw. Riverfront Saginaw, the people of Saginaw weren't who they are. And because they said yes to me and because they embraced their city and their people, I was able to receive that award. So I wish I could give all 48,000 people in the city of Saginaw a little piece of that. Well, I really want to thank you today, Phil Ike, for being with us on Mi Gente on Air and telling the stories that you have through how long has it been the process now uh we if for riverfront saginaw we just crossed the two-year mark two uh, years. on the city of saginaw side we just crossed the year and a half mark wow okay well that's that's uh, saying a lot you know speaks volumes because of the time that you're putting into this and i just want to mention that next week on mi gente on air we're going to have a show celebrating our one-year anniversary awesome. of Mi Gente on Air. And I can't believe how fast that actually went. Rob, it seems like I just met you, right? <laughs> and I've, I've put him through so much. But, you know, that's what it's about. Knowing who we are, telling our stories, making those friends, those connections, those collaborations, so that we can become a better community by far than the than especially during this lockdown that we've Absolutely. had, you know. So thank you so much for being with me this we thank you to Phil Ike and thank you for listening to Mi Gente on Air. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.